everyone, and welcome to Founders Ascent, the podcast where we talk about books relating to fitness, entrepreneurship, and self-improvement. My name is BJ, and I'm here with Gavin, and we're discussing The $100 Startup by Chris Gillibo. Gavin, what are your first thoughts about the book? Overall, a really good book, and probably one of my favorite things about this book is the fact that he brings a bunch of case studies of small businesses to the table. Most of the time when we hear about stories of startups, they generally talk about the Ubers and the and the Dells and the the Teslas of the world. But this book focuses on what you as the small startup person starting off here and and things that you can do and things that other small business owners have done in the past that have worked for them. And without further ado, we're really just going to get started here by talking about the 126th principle that he brings to the table here for us. And he says that when you're starting off a business, the hardest part is getting that initial sale. And for him, his first ever sale was the dollar and 26 cents. So he in the book calls it the dollar 26 principle. And essentially what he's saying by this is that if you're able to make an idea and actually develop it into fruition and get money out of it, you're able to understand that, hey, this idea that I've made, well, not only has it become a reality, but some other person is actually gaining value as a result of me making this come into fruition. And so it gives you an idea of how much value you may or may not be able to provide as a result of continuing with this product or service that you're going into, right? Right. And really, that's the most important thing uh, for any business organization is know how you're providing value to your customers. Any organization that isn't providing value to those affiliated with it, it's going to fail. Like, There's no reason for that institution to exist unless you're providing some sort of value. And the price is a great indicator. It conveys a lot of information to you about what your customers value um, and what they like about your product. So by paying attention to the price and being sort of sales driven, because at the end of the day, a business is supposed to make money. And and that's not a, the pursuit of money if if you if you have ideas that the pursuit of money is somehow a corrupted and a a game that you shouldn't be playing it's actually not and the reason why there are some people who play it poorly who who do bad things in the game and don't actually end up providing value and don't actually end up improving society corrupt capitalism all all these things that shouldn't exist but in in terms of just starting a business, trying to make money, trying to provide value. That is fundamentally good. That's why we don't have the same resources cavemen had. It's because some people decided, hey, I'm going to specialize. I'm going to learn this skill. I'm going to provide that skill to other people, get something in return, and then we both benefit. And together, we have more than we would have individually. It's those gains from trade, that competitive advantage, that specialization, you know, microeconomics 101, all these things add up and 
So when you're running your business, don't forget this. It's okay to be sales driven. You should pay attention to the sales. That does provide a great indication of value, but you don't have to be completely sales focused. It's okay to stay small and sort of keep your business in a realm where you're able to handle it and not just expand to where you're stressing yourself out and you're losing sleep and you're unhappy because there's so many poor customers. A great example of this is in Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. He had his fitness supplements company that he's been running. And he was working like 60 hours a week, making sure that everything was fine. He had employed a number of virtual assistants to help him out. But when he really took a look at it, he noticed that like the same three customers were causing like 80% of the um, like errors in sort of planning uh, like placing orders and like asking questions, customer service. There's like three customers who are causing all the problems. And so what he did is he sent them an email and he's like, hey, order correctly or don't order from me. And by removing those three customers and then doubling down on, um, and I, I don't think I actually removed all three. I, I think one of them stayed and the other two left. But um, by doing that and then doubling down on the people who were already ordering consistently with no problems, but by doing that, his income did, his total revenue did decrease, but his income, the amount of money he made per hour increased massively because he suddenly eliminated and was able to get it down eventually to a four hour work week instead of the 60 hours. And so valuing your time and um, maybe not scaling a business in order to keep it where you feel comfortable and happy and with it, that's perfectly fine. Because the the size of your company, that's 100% your choice, right? Like if you don't want to scale the business and make it something massive where you're hiring a bunch of employees to work for you, I mean, that's something you don't have to do. Like if you want it to stay small and keep it to where you don't have a boss, but you're also not a boss at the same time. He uses that example in the book. One individual, I forgot which chapter it was in, but this guy said that he never wanted to be a boss and he never wanted to have a boss. And so what that meant for him was that he was going to keep his business with just himself. He wasn't going to hire any employees and he for sure wasn't going to get somebody over him. Right. And so that's the kind of like that fine line where he wanted to keep it because you obviously don't want to have too much responsibility to where you're working 70, 80, 90 hours a week or whatever. If you want to keep it small, then you don't have to work a ton. I mean, you'll often hear a bunch of stories about entrepreneurs and some of them will get to the point where they're only working like five, 10 hours a week, just sort of maintaining the website at that point. And for some people, that's the best move for them because they want to travel or something like that and have a business on the go, business on the road, whatever you want to call it. And that may be the best thing for them. Others want to scale their business. And if you want to keep the business small in the sense that you just have yourself in the company, while at the same time you want to grow, outsourcing is another solid option. And this doesn't necessarily mean that 
you're hiring an employee or something like that. There are a bunch of interesting ways that you can outsource work. And one example that he brings up in this book is going to be affiliate links. And so essentially what an affiliate link is, if you don't know, it's giving somebody a cut if they are able to bring people to your website or something like that to increase sales. And so if, if you see like a YouTuber or something like that, put a link in the description and you click on that link, the affiliate link, and you go buy the product or something like that, they'll get a cut. And in this book, he talked about how with affiliate links, he tries to, or what he does is he gives the person that uses the affiliate link 51%. And he does this because he wants the people with these affiliate links to do a little bit more than just give the person the link and, and get the sale. They want to, he wants to sort of get this person with the affiliate link to build a relationship and sort of go beyond what people generally do in that sense, right? Right, because anyone can code an Instagram or Twitter bot and just spam your link everywhere, and yeah. they, they'll get sales. Some people will click on it, whatever, but that's not actually going to help you build a brand or provide value to your customers. And so where he seems to be pretty exclusive about his affiliate program. It's not just anyone can show up. He almost specifically selects people and sits them down and has a conversation Well, yeah, you're going to be making 51%, but you're going to have to help me build my brand in exchange for that. And so when you're getting these sales, you don't just post, hey, this guy has this book out. You maybe do a review of the book or talk about your favorite chapter or post your favorite quotes from it because that's going to add value to your brand. That's going to add value to your customers. That's going to people will engage better with something that personalized than just a generalized ad. Like I know uh, when Mr. Beast partners with a company, he requires creative freedom in his advertising. He's not going to, he, he doesn't allow them to be like, yeah, at the five minute mark, I want you to say these words precisely for the next 45 seconds. And, and then you can go on with your video. No, he wants to be able to control it. He wants to be able to throw in the sponsorship when it makes sense, when he likes it and add, you've probably seen a Mr. Beast ad. It's pretty personal, pretty specific to him. And I think, uh, he, I, I think people feel a more personalized experience with those ads is much better than a experience where say they, uh, it, it's just generalized and it loses all sort of story that you're trying to tell with that advertisement. And so that's something you certainly should consider is what other creators are there in your industry that you can connect with to have them help build your brand by creating content in exchange, you let them sell your product and get a massive return. To some extent, it may be worth it to not make any money in order to get that content and build that brand. So that's something to consider and it's going to be different for every in industry, but connecting with other people is a super big, important part. Um, and then on the outsourcing topic, so with outsourcing, it's mostly like 
virtual assistants and contracted employees. So it, it's not people that, uh, well, these people might be there for a decent amount of time. They probably won't be there forever. And, but you can rely on their assistance just for handling simple tasks. And the team will help you accomplish more than just one person. At some point you hit your cap and at some point you're going to need some help. And whether you do that through software or you do that through labor, both are great ways to scale. The difficulties with labor is you have a lot more to manage. The difficulties with software is, um, I mean, you have to know how to build it and that requires expertise or you have to pay for it. And so it can be a decent amount upfront. And then you also have to like maintain the system and like bugs and all this crash of stuff that can also be maintained. And then what might end up happening is you have the software, but it has so many bugs that you have to hire labor to be the support team to fix all the bugs. And so you really got to uh, pay attention, but uh, to sort of the details on what makes sense for your business. But uh, like Gavin said, don't uh, in the book it mentions don't be a boss, uh, don't have a boss. Another great line from the book is I run my business, my business doesn't run me. And so maintaining control over your business and staying small uh, is staying small enough to where you know you're in control and you can do what you want to do is I think a fantastic strategy and a great lesson from the $100 startup because it's all about these micro businesses and the people who founded them and their ascent, which makes it a great book for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing here that I think is important to mention with every company, you're going to have to advertise it. And he talks about it a lot in this book prior to a product or service release, you're going to have to hype it up before the release and do your best to get it out there, right? Like you'll see that with a movie, like a Hollywood movie, when it's released, they do a really good job leading up to the movie, telling you what to look forward to with the trailer and whatnot. And, and they'll do a pretty good job advertising it, especially if it's, they've put a lot of money into this film and it's supposed to be this big blockbuster film, right? And he says in the book that every time he does this, he notices that he, he gets a lot more revenue as a result of hyping up this product or service prior to its release. I guess it would primarily be products in that sense. He generally does see a lot more revenue as a result of that. I think another thing we could talk about with advertising as well is the sort of like almost relationship-based marketing. And he spends a lot of time stressing this in the book because we get carried away. When we think of advertising, we think like, hey, I'm going to spend a ton of money on advertising my product or service to the to the marketplace. But the best kind of advertising is the kind you get through word of mouth. If you're like, I mean, you could even use the example of like a financial advisor or something like that. I think if you're a financial advisor looking for a bunch of other people, the best way you're going to get a, a big book of connections is through recommendations. And the a funny line he uses in this book is advertising is like sex, only losers pay for it. 
which I kind of like. I, I think BJ liked that one as well, but I, I don't it's... think I don't think I've believed in his statement any more than that statement right there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it has BJ stamp of approval, so it has to be true, right? And I, when I when I read it, I was like, okay, that, that's pretty interesting because you know when you think of marketing, you, you kind of think of something that is behind a paywall, but through relationships and through like in the pursuit of building a community, I think you're going to have great applications with, with marketing, just almost like linked to that essentially. So I really did like that point in the book here. Yeah. The book provides a great sort of one page guide to promotions. And then another uh, one where it just lists steps, a checklist for your launch. And so, especially when you're doing a launch, you should hopefully be expecting a massive amount of traffic pushing your systems. And so it's very important you do all the technical work behind the scenes and test all the systems for it. But the, uh, and then a great thing to do throughout the launch as people are buying uh, is to, whenever you, it's gonna be hectic, I know, but when you do launch a product like that or a service, which again, services don't really work for this, except events could be viewed as like a service that you're um, launching, but uh, you should really send personalized thank you messages to everyone involved. Uh, you have early customers and everyone and form those connections. Building these relationships is such an important part of um, building a business. In fact, he says that you should spend about 50% of your time creating and the other 50% of your time connecting. That if you're just connecting and you're not creating, then you're a charlatan because you aren't providing any value, actually. You're just, it's you're all book, no bike, no bite, all talk, right? But the alternative is if you don't talk, then you might be working on great things. No one will know it. <laughs> You have this fantastic piece of software that cures cancer and no one knows it. Though how a software can cure cancer, I'm very curious. But Maybe it can. Maybe Who it knows? can. We'll see. But so you, it's very important that you get the word out there and get people to use it. But it's also important that uh, you, you need both. You need to build, you need to connect. And so... Um, that's why so many teams are the sale, the combo of like sales and marketing with like tech and finance. There's the builder and then there's the uh, salesperson. And that team is like the golden team in um, a startup. And if there's both, then that's great. Like Steve Jobs and uh, Wozniak, I forget his first name. But. Um, uh, that sort of combination of advertising and creating is very, very important. Um, and that, I mean, you, you can see that in our podcast because uh, you probably have seen, we post a ton on our social media. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Instagram and TikTok and LinkedIn. At Founders Ascent. At Founders Ascent, it's right there. Ding. But, um, you, we found, uh, this is a top tip right here. Uh, this is something you only find from experience doing this. 
But the number one great way to grow, especially I, I think on Instagram, is just interacting with other people, commenting on the posts, liking other posts, DMing people and just having a real conversation. Don't DM just to promote, don't just comment that says, follow me or buy this, but actually forming real connections with people in the industry goes super, super far away more than probably anything else. You do need to post and I, I don't think you should like repost other people's stuff in your feed. You should, cause that doesn't provide any value, but you, you should, um, both post your own creations and connect with other people and their creations. And you will grow much, much faster by sort of building those personal relationships and growing that audience. And it's not just with your customers, you need to grow uh, relationships with the other creators in that space. And whether that's through just each of you sharing your posts or anything, or any sort of relationship you can form, that's going to provide a whole ton of value for you down the line. If you're able to build relationships with people in your industry, I think you're going to gain so much from it, but not only you, you're going to be able to provide value to the other person as well. There's this interview with Mr. Beast. I know I've brought this up in a previous podcast, but I'm going to bring I, it up again. I think it was last I, episode. Last episode. I yeah. Think we mentioned this. Yeah. I think, but it's, yeah, it was in the Jordan Peterson 12 real true life book. If you haven't seen that podcast, I, I definitely think you can check it out. But anyway, we're going to repeat it again here in an interview with, with Mr. Beast, he talks about how if you have a friend with a fellow creator and you guys are doing something similar, you're base, basically what he's saying is that like you're going to fail a bunch of times, right? And the other person is going to fail a bunch of times. And if you convene and, and tell the other person what you learned from screwing up a bunch of times and then the other person tells you what they learned from screwing up a bunch of times you're going to make a lot more progress say last week you made five screw-ups okay your friend also made five screw-ups okay you're probably like theoretically speaking you're going to progress twice as fast because you're going to teach the other person your five screw-ups they're going to teach you their five screw-ups and you're going to learn from 10 screw-ups even though you only did five that past week and so you're going to be able to progress a lot quicker in your given career or industry as a result of building the relationships with fellow peers. And if BJ makes a mistake or something like that, I hope he tell me. And if I make a mistake or something, I hope he tell, or I hope he would probably hope I tell him. Right. And so I think that's a, a pretty good standard standard we can hold our friends up to. Right. And right, BJ? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, one way or another, you will hear about all my mistakes, I'm sure. But um, that's sort of a major, major uh, thing that you need to wrap around your head. That, that you should broadcast your failures to other people around you. Mo very few people actually care about how much you fail, so long as you're learning from it and so long as you're progressing and you're not doing something totally ruinous, so long as the failure doesn't actually like destroy you, which typically that's limited to death and doing something unethical that will destroy your reputation. Uh, beyond those two things, what really can happen that's 
uh, someone, what mistake can you really make that someone would not want to keep on working with you? Like, there's very, yeah, I mean... there's a great quote where, um, I don't remember who it was, but someone, uh, maybe, maybe it was Ford. Uh, I'm a businessman uh, had uh, this executive lose like $600 million. And it's like, so you're going to fire him, right? Someone asked him. And he's like, no, I just paid $600 million to train him. <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah, I think, I think you, I remember you saying this. Yeah. I, I've definitely brought it up before, maybe on this podcast, but that's something you should keep in mind that your failures are never as bad as you think they are. And if you want to show your failures, show them with us. We would love to hear about them. We, we'd love to get, we comment section below, guys. comment section below, straight up DM us anywhere. Like we have set a goal for this podcast where the only metric we're really paying attention to is the number of connections made. The, the amount of positive impact we've had on small business owners and entrepreneurs and founders and the number of CEOs we get to talk to and just forming these connections is all we really want to get out of this podcast. We're, anything else, any bo bonus that comes from it, that's bonus. Our number one thing is we just want to form connections with people and have a network of highly motivated, hardworking individuals that we can talk to and learn from and all of us grow, build trust and grow together and scale exponentially and get crazy, crazy successful in what and happy and wealthy and healthy and all the things that we want. That's what we're, we're going for. So overcome your fear. Go ahead and send us a DM with your with stuff you learn and your failures and we'll share some of ours and we'll learn together. We'd love to hear from you guys. And that's one of the major takeaways I think we can get from this book. It's overcoming fear. It's the fact that, yes, most startups fail within a year. And yes, oh, that product probably already exists. And yes, um, and yes, yes, yes. There's a whole ton of negatives you can listen to from a whole ton of people. But it's the $100 startup. It doesn't cost that much to get started. It All it is is just a little bit of time and a little bit of effort. And if you fail, you always can go back to your industry and you can sort of, you have, especially if you're young, you have plenty of time where, to, where you can step away, try something. If it doesn't work out, you got plenty of time to recover and you have plenty of time to t try again. And so it, I think that's one of the best things we can do is just try it. Less than a hundred bucks. We'll, we'll get, get that validation immediately. Like we, we talk right at the beginning of this podcast that that dollar 26 cents is the hardest it's going to get. Getting that first sale is all it takes. Once you have that first sale, then you have feedback, then you understand you're providing value and you can go from there. And so, well, one recommendation from uh, another uh, CEO, Noah Kagan, CEO of AppSumo, he, he recommends getting that first sale within 48 hours. Like, don't waste a whole ton of time on this idea. Create the most minimal of minimum viable products. Get that out. Pitch that to your friends, your family, people on the streets, whatever it takes, and get that first sale within 48 hours. 
And if you can get that first sale, everything else becomes easy. And the nice thing about it is that you don't have to wait for someone else to say you can start a business. You can start it now. It doesn't take much. Literally an Instagram page with a Google form is all the business you need. You got a place where people can find you. You got a place where you can post content and you got a place where people can place orders and receive payments easily. A PayPal account, a Google form, an Instagram account. That's all a business really is. And an idea. That's really all it takes. And so don't... At the end of the day, it's like, just this is $100, right? <laughs> yeah. D- don't, don't wait for someone uh, else to give you permission to start a business because that's one of the nice things about uh, how advanced our world currently is, is that previously, yeah, you... you it would take a lot more work to start a business. Now, it's so, so, so easy. And that's because we have so much more access to leverage. There's um, Naval Ravikant, who we talk about all the time on this podcast. He uh, sort of talks about four different kinds of leverage. There's labor and capital, which we've already talked about labor. And it's not a great source of leverage. It's one of the more difficult ones to manage. And capital, as in equipment, factories, money, all that stuff, that's great, that's useful, but it's both labor and capital, someone else has to give you access to them. Someone has to choose to work for you, someone has to give you the money, the factories, the robots. But there are two other forms of leverage, media and code. And the nice thing about that is no one no one says, oh, you get to post on Instagram. No. Basically, anyone can post on Instagram. Basically, anyone can post on the internet. Anyone can start a blog and have a website. It's all available. Anyone can learn how to code. The ability to learn how to code is abundant. There's plenty of websites. There's plenty of courses. All of them can be free. You can find paid versions. You can find all the value in the world um, on learning how to code. And so... And those are the two things that we said were important, creating and connecting. You have access to media, you have access to code. No one controls your permission to those. And so use them. Fulfill your dreams, just whatever I, it takes. I think, Duvall, I think Duvall does say somewhere in one of his podcasts, it's like the amount of information out there is pretty much limitless, but the desire, the want to learn is pretty limited. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways out there that you guys can learn information, learn how to code, read. You could find free books online all the time with PDFs and stuff. And so you could do that to get free information all at your disposable, at all at your disposal here with the, with the internet because it is permissionless. And so Kind of just wrapping things up here, the the last point we wanted to make was pretty much just overcoming fear. It's only $100, like we were saying earlier. You don't have to spend a ton of money. It could literally be spending money on like a microphone or something like that because getting a mic or two or something like that and just starting a podcast is, that's less than $100, right? You can use, like BJ was saying, an Excel sheet or something like that. It could be the most minimum of minimum viable products. Just find a way to make the product in the most minimal way possible, right? And then 
find a way to get paid for it, PayPal, something like that. And you could throw up a website in like 30 minutes if you really wanted to. And then if you wanted to spend more time on it, you could learn how to code or something like that. I'm in the process of learning how to code. You could buy a course online for like $10 or something like that and get dozens of hours of coding lessons as a result of that. It's way cheaper than going to college and spending thousands of dollars on classes for something like that. So I think it's it could it could be a good use of your time if you're determined enough to get to the end of the course and not spend $15 and spend two hours on it, right? Well, and so that's probably going to be the hardest part. I, I think it's almost a good thing that you spent money on it because then you're going to value it more and you're not going to waste it. Right. Yeah, that's right. And so th that's something you also can consider when handling your pricing is that maybe you're willing to provide something for free, but maybe you charge a price for it simply because you want to see, do people actually value this? Am I actually creating value? Because if you, you can get someone to pay for something, then you know, you know that that's actually valuable to an audience. And so you got plenty of time, plenty of resources available. Uh, I'll probably uh, do, I, I'm loving this concept so much. I'll probably do a post on Instagram specifically about all the free resources for everything you need from accounting, marketing, uh, coding, all this stuff. You can do all, everything you think a business can do that you think a big corporation does and has all the software for there's a free version out there and we'll track that down for you and we'll post that and share that. But um, just know that you are probably less than a hundred dollars away from your dream. That the downside is minimal, but the upside has no cap. Uh, so you should, well, what are you doing still listening to us? Go, do something. But we, we really do appreciate you guys listening this far into the podcast be sure to subscribe be sure to share this thank you so much um and we'd love some feedback so get in the comments tell us what we can do better and yeah, don't don't waste your time living somebody else's life yeah and be sure to get this book this book has a whole ton of content that we weren't able to get into but um there's a whole ton of tables and uh sort of one page business plans and all this great resources uh and it even talks about how you can get health insurance while being self-employed which all this stuff in this book track it down there's also i think 100 uh 100startup.com is his website with a whole ton of resources posted there so yes. be sure to get those um and i think that's all thank you so much guys uh and also we didn't mention that this at the beginning you guys probably noticed but face reveal hello we exist um we're not two random ai chatbots talking yeah we're not we're not chat gpt guys yeah yeah, yeah. i promise so that's all thank you guys <laughs>